Marchessault slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Watt looks up, taps it back, Zadonov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two, VGK Insider Show, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman will be with you for the next 60 minutes or so as we get to playoff overreactions. We got to a lot of it in hour number one, but we're going to get a little bit deeper into Chris Chapman's brain this hour, which is, I think, dangerous for everybody, myself included, and you, the listener. Yeah, uh, but we're also going to get to one-timers. Yeah, I I don't know, buddy. Uh, we got one-timers a little bit later on, and then we finish the, the, the show with catching up with Chapman, everyone's favorite segment. I can only imagine where Chapman's going to go because he's got to make it good. Why does he have to make it good? Because it's got to hold everybody over until Monday. Tomorrow, VGK Insider Show, we are off. There will be a best of show tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, and we will be back with you Monday to talk about the second round. That's right, the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The first round, it was over in a blink of an eye, and it gave us some beautiful moments. But hey, before we get there, I do want to talk about the bad, okay? I want to talk about the bad from the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you know the, you know exactly where I'm going here, Chris Chapman. Yes. There's one series <laughs> that has been objectively terrible, and it has yes. been Calgary and Dallas. That series has been so bad that like you know when the when the Dallas Stars are trying to win a game one nothing all you're rooting for is that it doesn't actually happen <laughs> because if the Dallas Stars were to win that series if Dallas is able to beat Calgary i argue that's bad for hockey why do I argue that? Well, because the Dallas Stars are not a very good team. The Dallas Stars want to win one nothing every single night because they can only score about one goal, and the only chance that they have is Jake Ottinger standing on his head. So to me, for the good of hockey, Chris Chapman, do the Calgary Flames have to just end this tomorrow for everyone's sake here? Yes, put us all out of our misery, Calgary Flames, please. Uh, you, you know, it's funny you mentioned Jake Ottinger because he has been by far and away the best player for the Dallas Stars in this series, and he's the only reason it's a series. Um, he he's done he's done a really good job, especially for a kid who's making. I mean, it's not his first go around in the playoffs. He played a little bit in the bubble, but yeah, uh, you know he he's been really good for them. But the the series has been almost unwatchable. You know, it's funny you mentioned to Darren. You you know you watch it because it's part of the job. I was watching yeah. the game last night. I'm like, this is just get this thing over with. It was so, you, so. You want to know when I cared about the game? I cared about the game when, when Calgary scored a goal. Yeah, yeah. Because, and and the good thing is they scored a couple ones in in pretty quick succession. But yeah, it was it was just it's it's been un, almost unwatchable, and it's a shame because I think I think Calgary deserves better, and hopefully they'll get out of this series and we'll get better from the Calgary Flames, mm. but. Yeah, it, it's not been a, a, a very aesthetically pleasing series, unlike some of the others so that, let, that have gone on. Let me ask you a question. Is that 
an indictment on the Calgary Flames because Calgary won the Pacific Division. Calgary should have been kind of the team that that really did to Dallas what say the the Colorado Avalanche did to the Nashville Predators. Like this should not have been a series that A went 6 games and B it should not have been a series where the Calgary Flames struggled to score as much as they have. So does this series regardless of if Calgary wins in 6 or 7, does it paint a different picture to you of who the Calgary Flames are? No, no it doesn't because Calgary I think just unfortunately for them they get into a series with a team that that was basically playing anti-hockey. Like yeah. They 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 had like you said they they wanted to get that first goal and win the game one nothing. Like that was cuz I, I they know that they don't have the firepower to keep up with the Calgary Flames and to their credit they've done a good job of it. Unfortunately they're just not good enough to compete with the Calgary Flames once they fall behind, but I think for for Calgary maybe they kind of need this series to to wake them up and nudge them a little bit. Because I do think they'll have a much better time, and I think we'll see much better hockey when they get through this series and they play the winner of the Edmonton LA series. Because I don't feel like those two teams will play the just the the anti hockey that we've seen from the Dallas Stars. Oh, I don't know about LA. Um, I, I think that it'll be more entertaining because the Kings have more players that can put the puck in the back of the net. But I, I would imagine that if I'm Calgary. Right, you, you want end Edmonton. up beating Dallas. You want Edmonton so bad in the second round, mainly because the Oilers have proven they're not going to play defense. Right, like yeah. <laughs> we know the Oilers are not going to play defense. That's not going to be a thing that they just magically wake up in round number two and say they're going to do. Connor McDavid will say, "Ah, four goals should win a playoff series or a playoff game," but really, it's more realistic that they need six or seven because that's just who the the Edmonton Oilers are. So, if I'm the Calgary Flames, one, you got to take care of business. You have to do hockey a favor. Like if I'm if I could sit Daryl Sutter down <laughs> and speak directly to him. On behalf of hockey, please end this in six games. Yeah. Please put everybody into a good mood by dispatching the Dallas Stars tomorrow night and not subjecting anybody to a game seven. Because if you think if you, if you think Dallas was playing to a one nothing win in game five. We're talking about triple overtime 0-0 zero, zero here. That's oh. what we're going to get out of Game 7. I'm telling you right now. If the Calgary Flames do not win this in 6, we're talking about a 0-0 zero, zero double overtime at minimum game between Dallas and Calgary in Game 7. And as exciting as playoff overtime hockey is, that wouldn't be. No, it might go like five overtimes with no score. <laughs> Uh, that's that's Dallas. Dallas would not literally would play zero offense in that in that in those overtime sessions. They would they would sit five guys back and dare Calgary to beat them that way. But I I I mean it's just been really uninspiring. Like just Dallas wasn't a good team. Mm-hmm. They they lucked out by getting there. I think um, you know and and I think when you're that team, you have to make the most of your opportunities. I don't really feel like Dallas has made the most of their opportunity. You know what? You you weren't supposed to be there, so why not go out and try to win these games? Why not go out and try to score goals? It's not their identity. But they don't have an identity. That's kind of what. That's what, what they did. That's what they did so well in the bubble, right? Because in the bubble, the Dallas Stars they were a chameleon. 
If they needed to score goals, they did. If they needed to shut it down defensively like they did against the Vegas Golden Knights, they did. Like, that was really interesting hockey from Rick Bonus, the Dallas Stars, in the bubble. But they have not been that team since. And it's frustrating because when you are able to put the puck in the back of the net, when you are able to score with a team that isn't willing uh, to sit back, that's fun. And and when when I don't have a dog in the fight, like when I don't have a team that I'm rooting for, and I'll be kind of peel the layers back here, I don't. Yeah. Ever. Like, as you as you get into the media side of things, as, as you're kind of approaching this from, from a different lens, a different point of view from, from when you were growing up being a fan of a team or the, or the sport in general, uh, you don't tend to root very much in the playoffs. If It's just not something that happens anymore. So for me, all I'm ever looking for in a game is entertainment. All I'm ever looking for is fun. Storylines are great, but I want entertainment first. And Dallas Calgary has been the furthest thing from entertaining hockey that we've seen in a long, long time. And I just, just want it to be over as quickly as possible. Yeah, you raise a really interesting point about when you when you get deep into this, like like we have, you you kind of don't have favorites anymore. Yeah, I joke about me being a Devils fan and and you being a Kings fan, right? I mean, we grew up rooting for yeah. those teams, but I find myself rooting for the Rangers sometimes. Like, hey, I I, I want to see the Rangers play well. Because I like the players that the Rangers have. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, there's zero chance. I, I mean, the Devils and Rangers played for the right to go get smoked by the L.A. Kings. And, uh, y- y- you know, uh, there's no way I ever could have found myself rooting for the Rangers and wanting to see them do good. But now I, wa- I want good hockey. I want to see good, entertaining series. And, you know, that one, the one we're talking about, it just hasn't really delivered. It's, 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 been, it's been the most unwatchable Series and that includes a waste of eight days that we had just just not too long ago. Well, at least that inter- that series was a bit entertaining. So let's let's move off of Dallas and Calgary, and hopefully we can talk about a, a new opponent for the Calgary Flames next week. But I do want to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins and specifically Sidney Crosby. So yesterday. About seven-ish minutes left in the second period, Sidney Crosby takes a high hit from Jacob Truba. It looked like an elbow to the face. Sidney Crosby went off the ice, went down the tunnel, did not return. Mike Sullivan did not have a an update on Crosby for game number six tomorrow, other than he'll be evaluated, and that's kind of where it is. Sullivan didn't like the hit. Department of Player Safety looked at it, deemed there was no need for supplemental discipline. So let's start there, and then we're going to peel back the layers. Should there have been supplemental discipline for Jacob Truba and his hit on Sidney Crosby yesterday? Well, I didn't like the hit either. So uh, I, I I do think maybe maybe there should have been a little bit of a deeper look because let's let's not forget Jacob Truba took out Nathan McKinnon with a very similar hit. What back in whatever they October November ish. So there's there's a little bit of a history here. Truba delivered some really big hits to some guys this season. Most of them clean, but I think when you come up high and you hit a guy with an elbow, I, I I have a hard time standing behind the league saying, no, no discipline. Like, I don't think we want to see guys get injured, and we certainly don't want to see superstars get injured. And that's not saying that there should be, there should be discipline just because it was Sidney Crosby, but you have to look at the hit in its entirety, and he did come up high. And Crosby did leave the game, and I think you have to look at it a little bit deeper than than 
what it appears. And, and I understand, right, the league probably doesn't want to suspend guys in the playoffs. But if it's a high hit, if it's a dirty hit, if it crosses the line, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, Drew Doughty was suspended for something similar. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily like the hit, but I don't think that Drake, Jacob Trubo was looking for the hit. And and I, to a degree, like you have to be in control of your body for sure, but I, I do think that that's more incidental contact than Truba looking to lay a hit on Sidney Crosby. I, I don't think that Truba was really trying to, to hit through Sidney Crosby. In fact, I think that body positioning would show you that Truba tried to, to, to let up on that play. Um, it's unfortunate his arm came up, but I, I kind of view it the way that Department of Player Safety does. I think that if it's not Sidney Crosby, we're probably not talking about the play. Maybe. Maybe that's fair. Um, and, and maybe there's a little bit, you know, of of overreaction because it is Sidney Crosby and how valuable he is to Pittsburgh and the fact that Pittsburgh, they weren't the same team without Crosby on the ice. So that's what I want to get to because was it Sidney Crosby or was it the New York Rangers figuring out, oh, hey, we can actually shoot the puck at Louis Domingue and test him? Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of maybe both. Um mm-hmm. Crosby obviously is is still at even at his age he's still just a dynamic player he's still a very valuable player and it just seemed like Pittsburgh lost something with him on the ice and, or with him not on the ice I mean it, it it's tough I mean Deming certainly not his best performance especially considering the Penguins were up in full control and before you knew it the doors were blown off and it was all Rangers it's, it almost as soon as Crosby went off the ice it was all Rangers. They just looked like a much different team. And I think, yeah, Sid not being out there, but Louis Domingue certainly gave the Rangers a, a reason to, to, to feel confident going into tomorrow night. So let me ask you this question. And, and I'm playing devil's advocate, and I really want you to think about it uh, as, I, as I set this one up. Because if you're the Penguins, you're looking at two different scenarios here. And if you could pick one that you believe wins you the series I want you to give me what that pick is going to be because I think that there's a question of is what happened in that game coincidence or is it causation right Sidney Crosby leaves therefore the Penguins looked bad is it because Crosby was out of the game that the Penguins looked bad or was it the Rangers figured out Louis Domingue and it didn't really matter if Sidney Crosby was still in the lineup or still able to play that game was going to play out the exact same way we're never going to know correlation causation it's really hard to 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 to, to say with any definitive uh, certainty what that case may be however if you could only have one of these instances play out, if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, what would you choose? Would you choose to have Crosby back in the lineup at whatever percentage he's going to be? I think you can make the argument he's probably not going to be 100% if he wasn't able to return to the game last night. So would you rather have Sidney Crosby back for game six and seven in whatever capacity he is health-wise, but have to dress and have to play Louis Domingue or in six and seven or would you rather have your number one goaltender in Tristan Jari back in the fold if you did not have Sidney Crosby for the rest of the series so would it be Crosby and Louis Domingue is your goalie ride or die or would it be Tristan Jari and no Sidney Crosby 
Well, I think I want Crosby because he he's a player who elevates everybody else that he plays with. I mean, Jake Gensel has been phenomenal in this in the series, but can he carry the team without Crosby? Uh, Brian Rust, good player. But again, can he can he step up in the absence of Sidney Crosby? I don't know. I assume that means Malkin moves up and plays on the first line with Gensel and Should Rust. Be. But mm-hmm. then, you, then you look down and you're asking Jeff Carter to step up and, and play a bigger role. So the absence of Crosby, I think it, there, there's a pretty serious trickle-down effect all the way down the Penguins lineup. I mean, that means you, you're, you're going to ask guys like Teddy Bluger to step in and and also play a much bigger role? No, no. You're going to ask Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang to do their part, right? Like, yeah. I, I think that's the thing. If you, It's not so much, and, and like, to me, it doesn't really have to do with Sidney Crosby because you know exactly what you're going to get with Sidney Crosby in the lineup or out of the lineup. The question becomes, what, is, what do you believe you're going to get out of Louis Domingue in game six and seven? And do you believe you can win with that? Or the question becomes, do you have any trust in Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang to elevate their game? Because if if you don't have any trust in those two players to elevate their game, then you have to hope Sidney Crosby is good, even if it means you only have Louis Domingue as your goalie. Yeah, and the thing, Ryan, is I don't know if I trust those two guys to step up. I mean, they haven't yeah. they haven't really been big factors in the playoffs. It's been mostly Gensel and Crosby who've provided the offense for for the Penguins. So, I I, I want Crosby because he's still one of the best players in the game. It, it, yeah. I mean, I I understand the 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 aspect of having Tristan Jari back because he look he's an all star. He he's a really good goalie, but I I think I have more confidence in the team playing well in front of Louis Domingue than. I I, I I think it's what, – what am I trying to say here? I have more confidence that the team will elevate their game with Crosby in their lineup, and I feel like they would play much better with him in the lineup, and I kind of feel like there's a little bit of a regression in the way the team would play because, I like I said, I just don't know how much faith I have in Rustin, Latang and Malkin to step up because they haven't really been big factors in the series, and we're now going to game six. Yeah, I, I think to me it's it's a no-brainer. It's Sidney Crosby in the lineup. As much as I feel the Rangers have figured out Louis Domingue, and as much as I think that it was purely coincidental that the Rangers came back in that game when Crosby, when Crosby went out of the game, I still think that the, the best path to victory for the Pittsburgh Penguins is not on the, the back of Tristan Jari returning after not playing hockey for a month, coming back from a broken bone. Like, I don't think that that's the recipe for success. If you have to ride or die with Louis Domingue, but that means you have Sidney Crosby in the fold, I think you have a better chance than without Sidney Crosby at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it really boils down to I want one of the best players in the game on the ice for me as, mu- as much as I possibly can have that guy. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Let's check in real quick on the two games going on right now in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Boston Bruins up one to nothing on the Carolina Hurricanes midway through the second period, uh, just as everybody suspected would would be the case. Boston is beating Carolina at home. This this series to me is destined to go seven games, and then we'll check in with everyone's favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are losing one to nothing to the Tampa Bay Lightning at the end of the first. Will 
Toronto be able to rally? Do they have enough magic left in this game? We'll find out as that one goes a bit deeper. But the Tampa Bay Lightning, a one nothing lead over the Toronto Maple Leafs at the end of the first period. The Leafs looking to, oh boy, finally put an opponent away in the first round. And, you know, I ultimately, like, that's one of the things that I, I find to be so incredibly interesting about, about this series in, in Tampa, Toronto. Like, one streak you would imagine, or, or there's two streaks that are actually tied together, right? The Tampa Bay Lightning are 16-0 and in games following a loss in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Toronto Maple Leafs are 0-6 in their last six opportunities to close out a series. Like, if Toronto wins, it's the ultimate streak buster, right, Chapman? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's at some point Tampa's not going to win, right? Like we we, we know that <laughs> at some point well, their their streak is going to come to an end. Um, but I don't know. I I like their their record in bounce back games. Look, prove it. it, it it's the old prove it to me. Toronto's got to prove it, and this is this is an opportunity for them, like you said, to end a couple streaks. Um, I, I wonder which is which is the the greater force, Tampa's ability to not lose back to back games in the playoffs, mm-hmm. or Toronto's inability to close out a, a, a series. You know, it, it, it's interesting because I was thinking about it today, and I knew we were going to talk about it, and, and so I was thinking about it, and I said, you know, we kind of talked about the Golden Knights and how. They have played so much hockey over the last two years, right? Going back to the bubble. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if that's something that is affecting the Tampa Bay Lightning in this series. The fact that they have, in a, a short period of time, played so many more games than every other team in the NHL. It's so hard to repeat. It's so, so hard. They're going for a three-peat, and... It's it's unheard of in this day and age for teams to go for three consecutive cups, right? The the, the Blackhawks couldn't do it, the Penguins couldn't do it. I know I know L.A. won two, but they were spaced out. So Tampa is in rare air here, where where they have the opportunity to maybe three peat. But you also have to look at how many games has this team played over the last two years, and I wonder how much that's affecting them. Look, if if they win this series, then maybe it's a non-factor. But if they lose this series, maybe maybe you, you hear a little bit about, well, we've played so much hockey over the last two years that, that it just caught up with us. So the thought that I – like, do you think that if, if Tampa wins this series, like if Tampa beats Toronto, do you think they're going to the Stanley Cup final? Uh, I, I, I have a, a, a pretty good hunch that the winner of this series will go to the final because I feel like right now these are probably the two best teams they've played. I think the the, the two best uh, sides have played hockey in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sleep on Florida. They, they woke up last night, and I don't know if it was a fluke that they woke up or if they legitimately woke up and now they're dialed in. I guess we'll find out tomorrow with those guys. But I... I think if Toronto gets by Tampa, the, the the monkey is off their back. Like they they will have eliminated the 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 team that everybody was pointing to, the two time sure. defending champs. They they win a series for the first time since like you were like five years old. Um, you know, it, it, and and there's an aspect of this too because we've talked about 
the guys with Toronto playing for jobs like Sheldon Keefe? This is this if if they lose this series, will he be out of a job? What about Kyle Dubas? Is he going to be out of a job if this team loses? So there is a ton of pressure on the Toronto Maple Leafs to win this series. But I also think if they get through this series, it, it, it's it's almost like destiny that that they're going to make a run to the Cup final. So here's what's really interesting about this series. Like, if Toronto wins, I think they're going to the cup final. If Tampa wins, I think they're losing in the next round. And the reason I think Tampa's losing in the next round is because of exactly what you just talked about. This is a team that's played a ton of hockey. Three-peating in the NHL is hard, let alone going back-to-back. I don't view the Tampa Bay Lightning as being the team that they were last year. And I know what the record indicates. I know that they don't lose two games in a row. I understand all of that. I do. But they're not going to have home ice advantage. And if they don't have home ice advantage, you don't actually have to win two games in a row to eliminate the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Toronto Maple Leafs do, because I don't think they can win in seven. But I, I would imagine that the Florida Panthers could find a way if they're the team that plays the the Tampa Bay Lightning next. I just don't think Tampa's going to win the Stanley Cup this year. As much as it's it's really risky to bet against a team that has only won and knows only how to win, I don't think it's going to happen. I just think they've played too much hockey. Yeah, I, I I'll be honest. I want to see... Toronto lose tonight just because I want to see that game seven between these They're two teams. They're not going to win game seven, but though. I, like, that's not going to be... The, the storylines around it... Yeah, but if you don't care, that's fine. I, I, I genuinely think that if Toronto can't close it out tonight, it's going to be not the game seven you're thinking it's going to be, Chapman. I, I think it's going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning rolling the Toronto Maple Leafs on home ice. I think it's going to be... Um, borderline cruel and <laughs> and I just don't think that that's what the sport needs. I I mean I don't know maybe like maybe the maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs like everyone's tired of it, everyone's mad at, at Austin Matthews for scoring 60 goals or you know everyone wants to to poo-poo on 50 goals in 50 games even though it wasn't the first 50 I get it yeah. I understand all that. <laughs> but like I, I I just think that if Toronto doesn't do it tonight we're not talking about a, a, a classic Game 7. Oh, We're not man. talking about a Game 7 for the ages, one that goes into overtime and it's got chances back and forth and you get a beautiful goal to end one team season. Like I don't think we're talking about that. I think we're talking about, oh, no, this is a worst-case scenario for the <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs. You know what, though? I, I think, in a way, that would be fun. Like Because it, it would just be so Toronto to lose that way. You you have the the two time defending cup champ on the ropes. You You're can't evil, you can't deliver the knockout blow. They yeah. get up off the mat and they end up knocking you out in the fifteenth round. Like mm-hmm. wait, they don't fight fifteen rounds anymore in boxing. The twelfth round, it, it it would it's not cruel. I guess it's more intriguing to me. And and I I think Toronto would win a game seven. Maybe maybe I'm completely off, but. There's just something. You you are. They cannot win a game seven. <laughs> like I'm saying definitively now, and we can clip it if it ends up happening. I I, I will happily, happily be made fun of for this. Uh, I don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs possess the ability to win a game seven. <laughs> I I'm I'm serious. Oh man, I now I'm not I now I hope it happens because I want to see who's right. I I just want to see that, but. 
I, I, I would feel bad for the Leafs if they end up losing this series. It, it's just they've played so well, and they they if they're playing any other team, I think they probably have maybe already won the series. Like yeah. if they're if they're if they're playing someone different, but I mean this is the no, hand they were I, dealt. I don't know, Chapman. They lost to the Montreal Canadiens. Well, last year. I mean, I, I I wish I could say that was a one off, but it's not. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> it's, it's not, not. a one off. <laughs> All right, I, I do want to get your thoughts on this because you and I both talked, I think, yesterday about the Florida Panthers, especially when they were down three to nothing, and we said, "Oh no, they're cooked, they're done." Uh, have you ever made a complete 180 on your overreaction uh, quicker than you did on the Florida Panthers last night? No, no. I, I, I mean, it, it was we. I went from, "Oh boy, Pan- Panthers are done. It's over. They're mm-hmm. toast." To what the hell just happened? The Capitals are, it's over for them. They're done. They're not going to win game six. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if I've, there, there's clearly never been a situation where I've turned so quick on a, on a feeling and a thought like I did in that, in that particular moment. I mean, they were dead. They were, they were down three nothing midway through the second period and something happened. So I, I, I don't know what it was, but they woke up. And all of a sudden, they looked like the team that won the President's Trophy. They looked like a team that was a legit threat to win the Stanley Cup. I I don't know what it was. I hope they carry it over because I, I like the idea of them advancing. As much as I like Ovechkin, I, I like new new teams having a shot to win. I like Sasha Barkov. I, I really enjoy watching those guys play. But something happened. So It, it was almost like they got struck by lightning. And they, they, they were. It was it, it was just crazy because the, the the series looked like it was over. Because I'm thinking to myself, there's no way they come back to win this game. They're not going to go to Washington, and and find a way to win Game Six. And they've been so bad in the series. I don't think they would win a Game Seven if they did find a way to win in Washington. So all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, Panthers are going through now. And, and then watch tomorrow, they'll they'll come out and they'll lay an egg. I hope they don't. But Oof, yeah, I mean the, the the way this series has gone, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it's been back and forth in in terms of what I think is going to happen, and and what I think is going to happen is never what actually ends up happening. So it just goes to show you that ninety percent of the time, the games they don't make any sense. Like the the the, the Toronto Maple Leafs should have lost Game Five. They didn't. The 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 Florida Panthers were were dead to rights, and they find a way uh, in in game number five, and now all of a sudden it looks like they're going to win it in six and they're unbeatable. Like, everything changes from day to day within these series, which is why we do this segment every single day on the VGK Insider Show. It's the playoff overreactions. It's really been fun because we are allowed to have really strong opinions, and then 24 hours later, we get to nullify our own opinions. It's fantastic. It's great. It's a good moving the goalpost segment. So until Monday, we will leave you with this. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs will win tonight. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are done. I made my other predictions on the games tonight. I think Boston wins. Carolina-Boston goes seven. Toronto closes it out tonight. 
Minnesota wins, and we'll talk a little bit more in depth on Minnesota-St. Louis in one-timers, but I think Minnesota wins tonight, that series goes seven, and I think the Kings close it out against the Oilers. What say you, Chapman? Definitive answers here on the four games tonight. Well, I will say this. Carolina has just had like three power plays over the course of five minutes, one of five on three. They've generated absolutely nothing. They're not Mm -hmm. winning this game in Boston. They're going back to, to Raleigh for a game seven. I, I'm with you. I think Toronto finds a way to come back and win this game. I mean, it's only one nothing. I feel like they've been in this spot before, just a couple nights ago, and they found the way to come it's back been and worse. win. Yeah. yeah. Uh I, I like I think Minnesota, they get an inspired effort out of their goaltending. And, you know, I, I think they, they also force game seven. They're too good not to. And then I, I think LA closes out Edmonton. I, I think the I think the Oilers are, are done. I think their their goose is cooked. All right, we're back next with one-timers on the VGK Insider Show. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee. Our look around the NHL news and notes. Kind of... A continuation of playoff overreactions, but I, I do want to get to this one first, Chris Chapman. There's a couple of different directions I want to go. One, the Minnesota Wild are turning to Cam Talbot tonight. The first action that Cam Talbot is going to see in over a month. Cam Talbot 13-0-3 in his final 16 starts of the regular season. Has not played a minute in this playoff round against the St. Louis Blues. So naturally, Dean Evason goes to Cam Talbot in an elimination game. <laughs> Is this fair to Cam Talbot? Well, no, it, it's not fair to Cam Talbot. Um, look, he, he was your guy most of the season, and he did a really good job. Uh, we talked yep. about it yesterday, 13-0-3 in his last 16 starts in the regular season. He did nothing to lose the job, mm-hmm. but yeah. his numbers against St. Louis – Maybe not so good. Not and, great. But, not good. But the reality is Marc-Andre Fleury hasn't been spectacular in the series. The funny thing about this series is when Minnesota won, they've been really good. They've scored a, a lot of goals. Marc-Andre Fleury's played great. I mean, you just look at, at, at the, the, the two games they won. They won at 6-2, 5-1. Mm-hmm. The yeah. games they've lost, they've given up 14 goals and only scored four. So yeah. it's... It's a. It's been a series where when Minnesota's played well, they've been the better team. When they haven't played well, which has been a majority of the series, they're getting waxed. And I think the other night was was a really big indictment of that because you're tied at two going into the third period, and Vladimir Tarasenko has a natural hat trick in the third period. Yep. What yep. happened in that third period that you got the doors blown off of you? I think it's a it's a position Dean Evason put himself in. I think he sure. maybe overthought a lot of things going into the series. And if they lose this series, I think a lot of it will fall on Dean Evason. I mean, he's he's making all the pressures on him. Like as much as you would say it's all on Cam Talbot, it's not, right? Like Cam Talbot's being put in a really difficult position. He's got to play well or his team's season is over. I think he will play well. But if you're Dean Evason, you're in a lose-lose situation because if you go into this game playing Marc-Andre Fleury, knowing what you had in Cam Talbot on the bench, I think a lot of people are saying, how 
did we give ourselves the best tandem in the league and not dip into that reserve? It's the same thing Vegas went through last year. Um, and if you if you you know if you go to Cam Talbot and it doesn't work out, then you should have gone to him earlier. Or what did you expect was going to happen? He didn't play for a month. Like there's no winning in this for Dean Evison unless Cam Talbot comes in shuts the door completely and you're able to get to a game seven and you ride cam talbot like that's the only way in this scenario dean evison wins i thought the the perfect opportunity to maybe make the switch would have been last game because yeah. you you gave up the, the 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 two goals in the third period there at the end but if you're going to make the switch you, you do it for game five you're home you're coming off of a loss you maybe needed to jumpstart your team a little bit and, and, yep. and give them a little bit of jolt, right? Like a lot of times goalies or coaches don't make changes because the goalies necessarily played bad, but there's times where the goal, yep. coach will make a change just to kind of energize his team a little bit. You have two really good goalies. The fact that they haven't, I mean, I'm not saying that they should have gone uh, uh, odd man, off man rotation, but I mean, maybe that's something. And look, the, here's the here's the other thing, and I think you touched on a little bit. If Minnesota goes on to win this series because Cam Talbot plays really, really good, I think a lot of people are going to ask Dean Evison, what the hell? Were like, could you imagine <laughs> a scenario where they win tonight, he goes back to Cam Talbot for Game 7, and Cam Talbot plays really well, but they lose like 3-2 in overtime? People are going to really question his coaching. Like, what were you thinking? But... You know, you, you did touch on it a little earlier in the first segment. Minnesota's got to get some scoring from some of their other guys, yeah. not named Kaprizov. Yeah. It can't be all Kirill Kaprizov. It just can't. Um, so we talked about the Hart Trophy uh, in a fiery segment. That was fun. It was good. In the show. Yeah, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I think Darren's wrong in his opinion on Igor Shosturkin. Um and the praise for Connor McDavid. And I'm, I'm going to point to a couple of things. So if you didn't hear in the first segment – Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Igor Shosturkin, the three finalists for the Hart Trophy. The Hart Trophy, as I should remember, uh, remind everybody, is not for the best player, is not for the player that had the most points, is not for the player that everyone thinks is the most offensively gifted player in the NHL. It is for the best, or it is for the player that is judged to be most valuable to their team. Value is the operative word in all of that. Now, I will say this. When asked about the Hart Trophy, uh, John Cooper coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, said this. It's hard to score 60 goals in this league. So John Cooper putting his hat in for Austin Matthews. Uh, I think it's interesting that he would go that route given the intensity of the series that he's in right now in trying to shut down Austin Matthews. But, I mean, am I, am I wrong here to think that Austin Matthews if we're looking at it as, as ter in terms of seasons, I know Connor McDavid has 123 points, and that is more points than Austin Matthews had. But by Connor McDavid's standards, this has been a down year for him. When you set, when you score 105 points in 56 games, and, and that is your baseline, that is the level that you have taken your game to. If you're off of that pace, it's a letdown year. And in 24 more games, Connor McDavid put up just 18 more points. That is not the level of unanimous MVP 
that we saw out of, Con- out of Connor McDavid last year. And frankly, 60 goals, to me, is more impressive than a season in which, arguably, there is regression. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. The regression certainly, and, and it's ridiculous to say that a guy who had 123 it's points. Unfair. It, I, it is unfair. I understand it. I understand it. But that's the standard that all elite generational players are held to. Sidney Crosby was held to it. Alex Ovechkin was held to it. Mario Lemieux was held to it. It's just the fact. It's just the way that it is. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm still pissed off that Johnny Goudreau was not a finalist because you look at his numbers and he's only eight points off of McDavid. He finished with 115 points, but something that you and I talked about in the break and we didn't talk about Goudreau's, but we did talk about McDavid's. What was Connor McDavid's plus minus? Connor McDavid was a plus 28. So 123 points and a plus 28. Now, do you know what Johnny Goudreau's plus minus is? He was in the pl- 50s, right? plus 64 <laughs> with eight less points. So the fact yeah. that he's not a finalist, because I think you could certainly make the case that Johnny mm-hmm. Goudreau had a better season than Connor McDavid. He's more yep. valuable to his team because his team won the Pacific Division. And I know playoffs mm-hmm. don't count, but I think Calgary's a legit threat to win the Stanley Cup. Edmonton yep. is not. Johnny Goudreau has elevated himself. He's carried the Calgary Flames, and I understand it's a career year. That doesn't matter. The guy's been a really good player in the league for a long time. I feel like maybe yeah. he deserved a little bit more, and he kind of deserved to be in that finalist discussion. And and it sounds crazy to discount what Connor McDavid did because it's sick, the numbers he puts up. It's like video game numbers. But mm-hmm. the, the, the the thing is, and we, we, we've said it multiple times, it is unfair, but he's held to a much higher standard than a lot of other players around the league, than every other player around the league, just because of what he did last season. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there. I, it'll be interesting to see ultimately where, where the voting goes. But I, I tend to believe Connor McDavid is not going to win the Hart Trophy this year. Those are your one-timers. Brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee for today, Thursday, May. 12th. We're back to wrap it up next, catching up with Chapman. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for catching up with Chapman. All right. Well, we will not have a show tomorrow. It is going to be a best of day. So if you called it on Monday, you get to hear yourself on the radio because uh, we're nice. going to we're going to play that in its entirety from Monday afternoon when, when the listeners called in. But we're all taking a day off. You are going to be uh, enjoying a night out with the family or the wife. Mm-hmm. You're going to go see Eric yep. Church. And I think yep. I think it's your first time in Hyde Lounge to see a concert. And uh, Second time. Second. Second time. I yeah. saw Paul McCartney at T-Mobile, and I was up in Hyde Lounge for that. And I can tell you, it was so cool. Yeah, I was kind of far away from the stage, but the sounds were so – it was so – it was so cool. That I, I, yeah. I mean, you heard perfectly fine. Like, it didn't matter that you were at the complete opposite end of the arena because you could hear everything fine. But if you yeah. have not been to Hyde Lounge to check out a concert, it's a, it's almost like a must-do because it's just such a cool... <laughs> like, Tommy Ippolito, he's obviously he's a friend of the show, but, yeah. boy, he does such a great job. And the food is good. 
the 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 the, the, the service is good. I mean, the yeah, the the, the yeah. food is really really good. Uh, it's not your typical concert venue or or, or setup, mm-hmm. but man, it, it's so cool, and I'm, I'm jealous. I don't even like Eric Church. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> but if if someone said, "Hey, you got an extra ticket," I would I would strongly yeah. consider going just to hang out in Hyde Lounge and 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 check out the concert from there because it's a good time and it's a cool place to watch a show. Yeah, the thing about Hyde Lounge and and watching a, a concert or really doing anything, taking anything in there, like that's as much an event and an experience as the thing you're going to T-Mobile Arena to do, right? Like, so yeah. if you are going to T-Mobile to watch a Vegas Golden Knights game and you're in Hyde Lounge, that's as much inter- uh, a part of the entertainment or the entertainment as the game itself. And the same thing with um, with concerts. So if you ever get the opportunity. Go to Hyde Lounge, take in a concert. Not not a better venue in in Vegas, in my opinion. And yeah, you know, Tommy is is a fantastic guy up at uh, up at Hyde, and it always takes care of us. So, uh, do yourself a favor, go to Hyde Lounge. Yeah, funny thing is, I was actually supposed to go see U two at T Mobile mm-hmm. five years ago, and it turned I was going to be in Hyde Lounge for that, and it turned out that was the night I had to fly out to Winnipeg, so I did not yeah. get to go see. But our buddy Frank got to go see U two in my place, so. Uh, by the way, Anthony yeah. Sorelli puts Tor- uh, Toronto in a 2 nothing hole now. Tampa up 2 nothing, Boston up 2 nothing. We'll talk to you on Monday, second round. That's what we'll be discussing right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.